Do you need it? All right, if you want to read tonight, you're sure welcome to do that. And uh, so we'll be in, I believe it's in Psalms uh, 107 tonight. Or maybe it's 108. Let's see here. Yeah, 107 tonight. Psalms 107. So it looks like there's uh, there's 43 verses here, and so everybody everybody do 11, but brother Keith do 10. All right, since he's the odd, he's the white odd one out here. Okay. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good; for His mercy endureth forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom He hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. And gather them out of the lands from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. They wandered in the wilderness in a solitary place. They found no city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them out of their distresses. And he led them forth by the right way, that they might go to the city of habitation. All that men would praise the Lord for his goodness, for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he satisfies the longing soul, filleth the hungry soul with goodness, such as sin in darkness and in the shadow of death, being bound in affliction and iron, because they rebelled against the words of God and condemned the counsel of the Most High. Thank you, sister. Therefore he brought down their heart with labor, they fell down, and there was none to help. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distresses. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death, and brake their bands in sunder. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he hath broken the gates of brass and cut the bars of iron in sunder. Fools because of their transgression and because of their iniquities are afflicted. Their soul abhorreth all manner of meat, and they draw near unto the gates of death. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saveth them out of their distresses. He sent his word and healed them, and delivered them from their destructions. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. And let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. Thanks, sister. They that go down to the sea in ships that do business in great waters, these see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. For he commandeth and raiseth the stormy wind, which lifteth up the waves thereof. They mount up to the heaven, they go down again to the depths, their soul is melted because of trouble. They reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man and are at the wit's end. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he bringeth them out of their distresses. He maketh the storm a calm, so that the waves thereof are still. Then are they glad, because they be quiet, so he bringeth them unto their desired haven. O oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Let them exalt him also in the congregation of the people and praise him in the assembly of their elders. He turneth rivers into a wilderness and the water springs into a dry ground. Thank you, sister. <clears throat> a fruitful land into barrenness for the wickedness of them that dwell therein. He turneth the, the wilderness into a standing water, and dry ground into water springs. And there he maketh the hungry to dwell, that they may prepare a city for habitation. And sow the fields, and plant vineyards, which may yield fruits of increase. He blesseth them also, so that they are multiplied greatly, and suffereth not their cattle to decrease. Again they are 
minished and brought low through oppression, affliction, and sorrow. He poureth contempt upon princes and causeth them to wander in the wilderness where there is no way. Yet setteth he the poor on high from affliction and maketh him families like a flock. The righteous shall see it and rejoice and all iniquity shall stop her mouth. Whoso is wise and will observe these things, even they shall understand the loving kindness of the Lord. Amen. If you have your Bibles tonight, turn to Romans chapter 3 and verse 23. On the back table is the lesson from last uh, Wednesday night. I hope everybody has one for this Wednesday night. If you don't have one, just uh, get with Brother Charles there. He has one, and so he'll give it to you. But here tonight, we want to uh, we want to try, with the help of the Lord, to bring some instruction uh, concerning on leading someone to Christ and the questions that may be asked about being a sinner. And tonight, we we want to be able to answer a question: What makes you a sinner? And so, we want to deal with that thought tonight: What makes you a sinner? And so here in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, we'll read one verse, and but we'll go through other verses tonight. It says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. What makes you a sinner? Father, I come to you in Jesus' name here tonight. We thank you for just the privilege of being back in the house of God. And God, we thank you for the honor tonight, Lord, that you have laid upon us that we may open the word of life. God, that we may be able to break the word of God. Dear God, before these people, Lord, thank you for the table, God, that you may spread before us tonight. We're praying, Lord, that we'd gain that information and God, we'd have more knowledge concerning those who don't have. I pray, Father, that you'd help us to listen, pay much attention to, God, that we will cherish these times. God, that we would uh, Lord, love the things that you've given us to do and the things you've given us to be part of tonight, Lord, like reading the Word of God and praying and God hearing preaching, coming to the house of God. Father, this may not always be so. God, I pray, Lord, that you give us the, the heart, dear God, of thankfulness and gratitude. God, that we'll be just satisfied and content with Jesus. And Father, I pray you open our eyes, our minds, that we might be able to lead others to come to know you, Father, in truth. God, and in wisdom, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So the first uh, Wednesday, we talked about why are you a sinner? And we pray that that was a help. Then we last Wednesday, we talked about when did you become a sinner? And then tonight, we're going to talk about what makes you a sinner. And of course, we're not going to go over that paper that you have. Uh, well, there's some things I'll say be on that paper, but we're not preaching from that paper or teaching as like brother uh brother brother keith does and uh by filling in the blanks and things like that and so but we're not going to be doing that but uh, the basic outline you have so that you can have for your records i want you to have it for your records that you can refer that's why i'm giving you these papers it's not that we're going to preach out from it or preach out of it, but that you have some scriptures and so that you may go back and learn and know and, and know about them so that you can be able to answer a question when somebody says, uh, you know, what makes me a sinner? Uh, you can give that answer to them. Here tonight, the answer to that question is our text tonight is what makes you a sinner? The answer is sin. Tonight, sin makes you a sinner. We found tonight that uh, that is an important answer. Uh, it's very obvious, of course. And so tonight, if you have sin, so ne the next question is, then if sin makes me a sinner, then what is sin? And so we've got to determine that tonight, and that's what we're talking about. What is sin? Now, many people will say sin is alcohol, or sin is cussing, or sin is uh, jealousy, sin is envy. And we'll not deal with any of those tonight. We're going to talk about what God's Word said, what sin is. Now, God's Word will cover all of that. It will bring forth all that. It would be an umbrella for what I'm about to say. And so tonight, we want you to notice the first one is the most important one, it seems. And it's in Proverbs chapter 21 and verse 4. 
So turn there with me tonight, Proverbs chapter 21 and verse 4. And uh, we find tonight, I called it the producer of sin. The producer of sin. And there in verse 4 of chapter 21, it says, the, the, And high look, and a proud heart, and the plowing of the wicked is sin. And so tonight, it's very clear tonight what God is, is saying to us concerning that scripture is sin. Now always, that word is, and, and it is in mathematical terms, it is tonight as well, is always equal, is an equal word. When you find is, it will mean equal. So a high look, a proud heart, the plowing of the wicked equals to sin. That's what that would mean tonight. So you ask the question, what is sin? Well, sin, according to Proverbs 21 and verse 4, is a high look and a proud heart and the plowing of the, of the wicked. But what does that really mean tonight? Well, this is what it really means tonight. The plowing of the wicked is an important term. That term there, plowing of the wicked, it means tonight uh, that that is pride. Pride. And so we find pride in a high look. We find pride in a proud heart. And we find pride in the plowing of the wicked. Uh, that plowing of the wicked tonight, it means the path of sin. When you find plowing of the wicked or plowing in general is that you're taking something of, a, of a, maybe a, a tool, a resource, and you're plowing. That means you're going to the ground and you're, you're taking up the ground and you're moving the ground. And, and so there's a path in which you're making, right? There's a path in that. Well, pride tonight is the very path of sin. Every sin that's ever committed is in pride. Pride is the plowing of the wicked. It is what pass. It's what the path of the wicked is. Every sin tonight that you'll ever commit will always be, the producer of that will be pride. Not secondly, not only is the pride the path of sin, but it's the preparation of sin. You'll find that anything and everything that we'll ever do that sin tonight is always pride. Pride is the preparation to it. Pride is the path to it. And then pride is the planning of sin uh, tonight. So we find the preparation is pride. We find the plowing of it is pride. The path of it is pride. And the planning. You think about plowing tonight and put it into spiritual terms or terms of sin. If somebody's going to plow a piece of ground, uh, it's because they have a plan of doing something for the ground. If they're going to plow the ground, it's going to be because they're preparing something to put in the ground. And then there is a path in which they're going to do with the plow. That's what pride is tonight. Pride is the plowing of the wicked. Pride tonight is the very gateway. It, might, it has been said uh, by folks who know this, but I just heard this, is that smoking marijuana or smoking pot is a gateway drug to other drugs. And so we find uh, that to be, seems like this, the case. It seems like tonight that that drug, it could be with alcohol, the little wine coolers or the little small uh, drinks that have a little bit of alcohol is it is the gateway into something big like hard liquor or something of that nature, amen. We find tonight that the gateway uh, to sexual, uh, of sexual being sexual tonight, the gateway could be TV or it could be music. Music that brings that sexuality out. And so it's a gateway. It brings you from one point to the other point. And pride tonight is what's going to be sin. It's what's going to be behind the sin. It's what's going to be producing the sin. It's what's going to be plowing tonight of the sin. We find all this began in, with Satan. And look there in Isaiah chapter uh, 14 with me tonight and, uh, so that we can look at the beginning of this. Isaiah chapter uh, 14. And it's amazing tonight in, in this uh, thought about sin and of course pride is that plowing of it. We see in chapter 14 of Isaiah, look in verse 12. Uh, the Bible says, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer? So we're talking about Satan. We're talking about the devil tonight. 
We're not talking about just anyone, but every, but the person, who, the, the one who God created called Lucifer, son of the morning. How art thou cut down to the ground which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, so now we have a heart issue with Satan, with Lucifer, I will, that's pride, ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit upon the mount of the congregation and in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Now that's pride. You could say, well, what was it that brought Lucifer, brought the devil, brought Satan down from his place where God has placed him uh, into a very nice position like Ezekiel 28 would talk, that he was over the tablets, he was over the music of heaven, a beautiful cherubim. Uh, he was sitting upon the heavens. He was working with God. He was created by God. And we find that he was the highest and one of the highest cherubims or angels that God's ever created. And so his position, his place was in a high place with God and all of a sudden, pride within Lucifer, within Satan, and next thing you know, he's cast out of heaven and cast down to the earth. Now, what caused that? Pride. The plowing of, of the wicked is sin. Pride. And we find in this pride, it all began there. Secondly, I want you to notice in Genesis chapter 3. In Genesis chapter 3, so now we come to the garden because that's where the devil ended up. And we find because of this pride that was within the devil, he found now uh, a woman and a man down in the garden tonight that says that the Bible says this in verse 5 of Genesis. For God doth know that in the day that you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall, shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. That's pride. And when the woman saw the tree was good for food and it was pleasant to the eyes and the tree desired to be, make one wise, pride, she took of the fruit thereof, did eat, and gave it unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And so what was it tonight that brought sin? The Bible says, for all have sinned. How did we get to the place of sin? Well, the devil, uh, he had pride, which is the plowing of the wicked is sin. And then when the devil came to the garden, he just took that pride and brought forth unto them and they received that pride as well. And then we find, if you do, if you want to, and the Jews tonight uh, was a pride uh, to the gateway. Look at Jeremiah with me in chapter 13. Jeremiah chapter 13. And then we'll look there in verse 1. So we find that we see Satan or Lucifer, pride, we see Adam and Eve, pride. We see the Jews here tonight in, Jer in Jeremiah chapter 13. And, uh, and there in verse 1, he says, Thus saith the Lord unto me, Go and get thee a linen girdle, and put it upon the loins, and put it not in water. So I got a girdle according to the word of the Lord, and put it on my loins. And the word of the Lord came unto me the second time, saying, Take the girdle that thou hast got, which is upon thy loins, and rise and go to Euphrates, and hide it there in a hole of the rock. So I went and hid it in Euphrates, so the Lord commanded me. And it came to pass after many days that the Lord said unto me, Arise, go to Euphrates, and take the girdle from thence which I commanded thee to hide there. And then I, I went to Euphrates and digged and took the girdle from the place where I had hid it. And behold, the girdle was marred. It was profitable for nothing. Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Thus saith the Lord, After this manner will I mar the pride of Judah and the great pride of Jerusalem. Then he goes on and talks about what pride brought. This evil people which refuse to hear my words, which walk in the imagination of their heart, and walk not walk after other gods to serve them, to worship them, even shall be as this girdle which is good for nothing. For as the girdle cleaveth to the loins of a man, so have I caused to cleave unto me the whole house of Israel and the whole house of Judah, saith the Lord, that I that they might be unto me a people for a name, for a praise, for a glory, but they would not hear. Now you say, well, that sin of what must have been that they wouldn't hear, or they wouldn't follow, they wouldn't obey, they were idolaters. No, no, the problem was pride. Pride. Tonight we find that a, a proud look 
uh, tonight, in a, uh, as we look tonight, as we see there, that the very plowing of the, of the wicked tonight is sin. And we found it in the world as well. In 1 John chapter 2, and if you turn there with me in verse uh, 15, a very famous passage of Scripture tonight, 1 John 15, or John chapter 2 and verse 15, it says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all, for all, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. And we find tonight, but, but, but the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. So what is it, the producer of sin tonight? The producer of sin is pride. It was there in the, with the Lucifer. It was with the garden in Adam and Eve. It was with the Jew. And it is with the world. Tonight, pride is the very path of sin, the preparation of sin, and then the very planning of sin. And then we find the product, the product of sin. Go back into our text tonight, Proverbs uh, chapter 24. And so we we see tonight uh, there in that text, the rest of that scripture, the rest of the the verse there, Proverbs 21, I'm sorry, in verse 4. It says, and high look and a proud heart, and the plowing of the wicked is sin. And so we find pride tonight in the plowing of the wicked, but that pride has produced a high look and a proud heart. We find that this word high look, what it means tonight, we're talking about sin. What is sin? Well, sin tonight is a high look. It's generated from pride, but a high look means that you look down upon people. You look down on those who are not what you might think to be fit. You might look down upon people that you might think is less than you are. You might look on, down on people tonight who may be maybe the, uh, the least of our society. You might look down on people who don't live like you live. They might look down on people tonight that don't believe what you believe. You may look down on people tonight because they don't meet a criteria that you set. You may, you may look down upon people tonight because they're ignorant or maybe because they're rich. Or you may be because tonight they have a, a skin color or maybe they have some kind of ethnicity about them or what is whatever it is tonight that you look upon people and you look down upon them, that's called a proud look. But where did that come from? Pride. Pride. We found an example of that in James. Turn there with me tonight. Uh, there in chapter 2. James chapter 2. Sin tonight is when you look down on people. You look down on them. They're not... They're not who you are. They're not what you are. They don't look like you. They don't act like you. They don't do what you do, but you look down on them. Tonight, that's sin. James chapter 2, the Bible says in verse 1, My brethren, have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with respect of persons. If there come unto your assembly a man with a gold ring and goodly apparel, and there come also a poor man in vile raiment, as ye have respect to him that weareth the gay clothing, and say unto him, Sit thou here in a good place, and say to the poor, Stand thou there, or sit here under my footstool. Are ye not then partial in yourselves, and are become judges of evil thoughts? Hearken, my beloved brethren, hath not God chosen the poor of this world, rich in the faith, and heirs of the kingdom which hath promised to them that love him? Uh, but ye have despised the poor, do not rich men oppress you, draw you before the judgment seats? Do they not blaspheme that worthy name by which you are called? Uh, the Bible teaches tonight in this way of product of looking down on people. And that's what happened here. They looked down on the poor and they looked, they looked up on the very rich and offered them seats, uh, different seats. They, they, they treated them different. They uh, acted different. Listen tonight, this is no different than your children. Tonight, if you treat your children in partiality, if you treat your children tonight and you look down upon them and you give to one because they might do better than the other tonight, you're guilty of sin. It's a proud look. Amen? Tonight, you cannot, 
with your children, with your grandchildren, with your church, with your work, with your family, with your friends, with society, with those out and those about tonight, if there's any a time when you look down on them, tonight you are in sin. That's what sin is tonight. It all is from pride. We find as well tonight uh, that that is a high look. But next thing the Bible says in Proverbs 24 was a proud heart. Now what is a proud heart? A proud heart means tonight that you are looking upon you. You're not looking down on anybody, but you look at you and you are lifted up in you. You are better than they. You think that you are smarter. You think you are wiser. You think you are better. You think you are more skilled. You think that you have more abilities. You think that you are to get the job. Uh, you, think, you, you think that you are to have the, the things, the cars. and you, you think that you are to have the very, uh, maybe, resources tonight. And, and so when you look around, you say, yeah, I'm better than that. Oh, yeah, I'm more smarter than that. Oh, yeah, I can do that better. Oh, yeah, I tell you, I think I'm somebody, you know. Tonight, that's sin. It all produces by pride. But friend, this proud look tonight is looking up on you, not looking down on others. That's another thing, but looking above you. There's another example like that. If you would tonight, turn to Luke chapter 16 and kind of gives us an example of one who is of a proud, of a proud not a proud look, but tonight, yeah, a proud look, uh, a proud heart rather. Luke 16 and look there in verse uh, 25. A proud heart. A proud heart is one who thinks you're better. You think that you are just a little cut above. You think you've got it all together. You've got your ducks in a row. Everybody else is in a mess. But not you. We find tonight here, we find in Luke 16, the elder son. The Bible says in verse 25, it says, Now his elder son was in the field, and as he came and drew nigh to the house, he heard music and dancing. He called one of his servants and asked them what these things meant. He said unto him, Thy brother is come, and thy father has killed the fatted calf, because he hath received him safe and sound. And he was angry and would not go in. Therefore came his father out and entreated him. And he answered him, said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee. Neither transgress I at any time thy commandment. And yet thou never gavest me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as thy son... As soon as this son, thy son, was come, which hath desired, devoured thy living with harlots, thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. Now, what's going, what's going on here? Well, we know the story tonight. One of his kids who is uh, called the prodigal son, he went forth, he went out, God, uh, he gave everything that his father had, he went out and wasted his living, Hell, he lived with the harlots there, and, and uh, he ate the husk of the pigs, and, and finally one day he came to himself, end of himself, and he looked up, and uh, the, sure enough, there was the father waiting for him, and he came back home uh, because nobody gave unto him, and the father received him, and took a fatted calf, and gave him a ring and a robe, and, and uh, welcomed him home, welcomed him in, and said, now what my son was lost, but now he's found, now he's saved, and boy, everybody's rejoicing in the whole camp, and the whole family, but this one guy. And the one guy was the elder son. That was his brother. Well, his brother, as we read the story, immediately we can find this guy got pride. And what happened from pride? Well, what happened from pride? Number one, he got angry. See, he'd have never got angry if he didn't have pride. The plowing of the wicked is sin. And so we find that this gateway, this pride has now brought anger. And can I tell you tonight, when you get angry, it's because you're proudful. Amen, Brother Larry. He said, I get angry often. Well, you're proudful often. Right? I mean, that's just the way it is. And so we find that not only this pride brought forth anger, but I want you to notice it brought rebellion. He says there in that verse uh, 20, 25, well, actually, he, yeah, verse 25, he said, Mahal Sam was coming to the field, and he came and drew nigh the, to the house, and he heard music. He called one of his servants, asked what these things meant. He said unto them, Thy brother has come, thy father hath killed the fatted cat, because he had received him safe and sound. He was angry and would not go in. Rebellious. 
Rebellious. That's what happens tonight when pride gets in your life. You get rebellious. You get stubborn. It's not that you have a problem with rebellion. You got a problem with pride. And when you get your pride fixed tonight, you'll find your rebellion is fixed. And so we ask, we say, well, uh, what is sin tonight? Well, sin tonight is the, is the pride, but with pride comes a proud heart, and with proud heart comes anger, and with anger comes rebellion. So you say, tonight, if I got a rebellious issue, if I got a rebellious child, if I got a rebellious spouse, if I got a rebellious uh, anything and everything in my life tonight, what's, what is that? That's pride. I'll tell you something else that happens with this man who was full of pride. He was angry and rebellious, but he became resentment. There was resentment in him. We find that in verse 29. And he, he answering said to his father, now he's talking to his father, Lo's these many years do I serve thee, neither transgress I at any time thy commandment. That's resentment. He said, My I did this, I, I did all of this, and and boy, I tell you, I'm not happy about that. All right, Mr. Elder, why did you do it in the first place? Did you do it to please your father? Did you do it to, to do what was right? Did you do it because that's what was required of you? Well, now he's saying that I, I resent this. I resent it. I, I, I tell you, I resent my brother. I resent the brother that came down. I resent my father who did what he did with my brother. My, my brother is a sorry rascal, amen? I mean, he took all my daddy's stuff. And he went out there and he lived like the devil. And now he comes back home. My daddy acts like he's an angel. You know what? I resent that. For I stayed with Daddy, and I did all that Daddy asked me to do, and I did it well, and I did it obedient, and I did all this. You know what's wrong with his heart? Pride. Pride. And what does it cause? Pride causes resentment. Tonight, if you have resentment in your heart tonight, it's because you've got a pride problem, which is sin. I'll tell you something else happened. He got jealous. In verse 29, he said, And yet thou never gave me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. That's jealousy. That's jealousy tonight. You ever get jealous over your children? You ever get jealous over another woman? You get jealous over another man? You get jealous of somebody at church? You get jealous of somebody at work? You get jealous? You know what your problem is tonight? It's pride. Right? You say, well, I can't get this jealousy out of my heart because you can't get the pride out of your heart. Tonight, this pride, this gateway, the plowing of the, the, plowing of the wicked, what does it produce? It produces a, produce a look and it produces a proud heart. And the proud heart tonight and this pride will bring forth an anger, bring forth a resentment. Tonight, it will bring forth a, a jealousy. And then fourthly, it will, bring, it will bring forth a malice. Look at verse 30. And as soon as thy, thy this... Now, he didn't call it my brother. You see that? He says, but as soon as this thy son. That's malice. Was come. That was malice. He, he's, he's speaking to his father with a malice heart. He wouldn't accept his brother. He said, that's your son. That's not mine. That's yours. Malice tonight. Where'd all that come from? Pride. Pride. We find tonight, lastly, that it created bitterness. In verse 30, he said, Which that hath devoured thy living, and harlots thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. My brother did a wrong. My brother did evil. My brother was one tonight, hurt my father. And yet, yet you have killed him a fatted calf. I'm bitter about that. Tonight, there are some bitter people. And there's bitterness in, in the church tonight. There's bitterness in our homes. There's bitterness tonight at our workplaces. And why? Why is there bitterness tonight? I tell you why there's bitterness. Because there's pride. Pride. So tonight, what is sin? Well, tonight, high look, a proud heart, and the plowing of the wicked is sin. Tonight, if somebody, you trying to win to the Lord and, and they was kind of concerned about what sin is, this is the first thing the Bible teaches about sin. Amen? So uh, the Bible kind of covers a lot of those things we talked about, but it just tells it directly. 
Number two, I noticed not only is there tonight in the way the producer of sin, which is pride, but I want you to notice the plan of sin. Look there in Proverbs chapter 24 and verse 9. Proverbs 24 and verse 9. The Bible says that the thought of foolishness is sin. The thought of foolishness is sin. I called it the plan of sin. This, this sin that I'm speaking of tonight is unspoken. It's an unspoken sin. You can have this sin and you won't say one word. Now is it unspoken tonight, but it's unknown. Nobody knows you have this sin. Nobody. The thought of foolishness. I'm talking about up here. It's taking place right here. The thought of foolishness. We find number three tonight that is unheard. It's unspoken, it's unheard, and it's unknown. I would think tonight that this is one of the most scariest and the most fearful sin. Tonight, somebody may ask you about sin. How, how did I become a sinner? Sin. What is sin, though? Well, sin is the thought of foolishness. Is sin. And boy, I tell you tonight, uh, it's something, it, that word, that word th thought tonight, of course, is something that you would devise. Foolishness is a scheme. So in your mind, you're devising a scheme. You're devising a scheme about your husband, about your wife, about your children, about life. In my mind, in my thoughts, in my imaginations, I'm getting up a trick. I'm getting up a trap. I'm setting it up. I'm getting. I'm gonna find that this uh, individual. I'm gonna get this people here. I'm gonna say words that will draw them in. And then when I get them drawn in, I'm gonna grab them by the neck and I'm gonna squeeze their neck. Thoughts of foolishness, devising a scheme. It means tonight, the thought of foolishness means to imagining an evil. You don't go out and have any kind of sexual relationships outside of marriage, but the thought of foolishness in your mind, you do. You don't go out and rob banks, and you don't go out and get drunk, and you don't go out and hurt people, but in your mind, you do. You in your mind, you don't say to somebody, you know what, I don't like you, you are ridiculous. You know what, somebody needs to knock your block off, somebody needs to lower you down a little bit, somebody needs to put you in your place tonight, and so you've got these thoughts of foolishness, how you might do that if you could. Now you can't, but it's right here. Let me ask you something tonight. If I would go to somebody and, and I would go to them and slap him in the face and said, you know what, I need to knock you down a couple levels. What I did to you, I, I deserve, you deserve that. And you know what? In 10 years, you would thank me that I did that. Right? Arrogant. Just a young, young, young punk. And he, he needed his block kind of just straightened up a little bit. And so I just took it about and I just did that. And would y'all say, Brother Larry, was that, was that, did, did I do right? Was that, can, can I justify that at all? Can, can I say to anybody in this room right here, if I just go and slap him, give him a throat shot, and, say, and tell him, look at him and say, you know what, you're a big mouth, shut your mouth, you think you know everything, you don't know nothing. And you know what, you'd be thankful that I did that to you because it'll straighten your act up. Is that right? No. Is it sin? Yeah. But me thinking that, is it just much as a sin? Yeah. Amen. This is tough. What is sin? The thought of foolishness. The thought of stupidity. The thought, the thought of silliness. The thought of, you know what? I'm going to leave my husband. You may never leave him, but you thought of it. That's sin. Amen. God help us tonight. We find tonight that the thought of foolishness is a plot to do wrong. 
a plot to do wrong. It means tonight to deceive in a person, to bring deception. Not with, not with anything that you might see outwardly or verbally, but it's all within. It's all within. Amen. This is scary. And so let's take a few verses here tonight to, to kind of look at this. Turn your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9. And uh, look what Jesus has to say concerning this thought. And boy, I tell you, uh, God knows these thoughts tonight, these thoughts of foolishness. Matthew chapter 9, look in verse 1 with me tonight. It says, And he entered into a ship and passed over and came into his own city. Behold, they brought him a man sick of palsy laying on a bed and Jesus seeing their faith said unto the sick of palsy son be of good cheer thy sins be forgiven thee and behold a certain of the scribes said within themselves this man blasphemeth and they're talking about Jesus this man blasphemeth the Bible said in verse 4 and Jesus knowing their thoughts said wherefore thank ye evil in your hearts that's the thought of foolishness now, only Jesus could identify that. And only God can identify it for us. But tonight, if we can identify it, that when we begin to think these foolish thoughts, that we would be so spiritual and so biblically in tune, that we would begin to say, Oh, God, forgive me of these foolish thoughts. Many a times tonight, the only way that God we, can, we get to God on the way of forgiveness is if we actually do what we think or say what we think. How many times do we ever get with God and say, Oh God, forgive me for the thought. Or that thought may come. You say, Oh God, stop, quit. Duh, I don't want that thought no more, Lord. I'm sorry. Please. I'm telling you tonight, this church would be better off. And your marriage would be better off. And your walk with God would be better off. And, and you as a parent tonight and you as a, a, in the community and as a citizen of the United States of America, if we all began to understand and know what sin is, the thought of foolishness is sin. God, forgive me. Forgive me of the very thoughts. Wouldn't that be good tonight? If the church would begin to not only ask for forgiveness for the things they do and say, but for the things they think. No telling what God can do. We've been praying for a revival. It just might come. We find tonight in the, in the way of this, what Jesus has said here. But then he says again, look in Luke chapter 6 with me. I'll give you a few more, then we'll move on. Luke chapter 6 tonight. And look there in verse 6. It says, It came to pass on another Sabbath that he entered into the synagogue and taught, and there was a man whose right hand was withered. And scribes and Pharisees watched him, whether he would heal on the Sabbath day, that they might find a case, uh, accusation against him. But he knew their thoughts, and said to the man which had withered hand, Rise up and stand forth in the midst, that, and he arose and stood forth. He said unto them, I will ask you one thing, Is it lawful on the Sabbath days to do good or to do evil, to save life or to destroy it? And looking round about upon them all, he said unto them, Stretch forth thy hand. And he did so, and his hand was restored whole as other. The point that I'm trying to make is Jesus knew their thoughts. And they were evil. And they need to be repented of. So tonight, what is sin? Sin is the thought of foolishness. All right? Uh, one more. Acts chapter 8 and verse 20. Simon, who was... Uh, made a profession of faith here tonight, uh, didn't get saved. Uh, he saw all that they could do with the Holy Spirit of God, and he kind of wanted to be part of that. And so in chapter 8, verse 20, he says, But Peter said unto him, Thy money perish with thee, because thou hast thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money. So, oh, what does that really mean? Well, that just means that uh, the Bible said in verse 21, Thou hast neither part nor lot in this matter, for thy heart is not right in the sight of God. Why? Because you thought. Repent, therefore, of this thy wickedness, and pray God, if perhaps the thought of thine heart may be forgiven thee. 
I mean, he's nailing him with the thought. You need to repent of the thought. You repent of the wickedness that's in you through the thought process. So we find tonight the plan of sin is uh, tonight is something that you plan or something you devise or something that you might imagine or even plot. Number three, I notice if you turn to James chapter 4. James chapter 4. Look in verse 17 tonight. Don't you like, enjoy the Word of God? Amen. I'm telling you, man, I, I tell you, it helps us. It helps us get to where we need to be and, and go and do exactly what God would have us to do. And whenever we get to talk to somebody about what is sin, we got an answer. Amen? We've got an answer. What is sin? I call it the personal sin. James chapter 4, verse 17 says, therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. That's why I call it the personal sin. Because it's to him. It's to that individual. It's to that one tonight. I want you to notice, number one, the judge of this personal sin. says, therefore to him that knoweth to do good. That's the judge. Who's the judge? Him. You knoweth to do good. You're the judge. It's what you know. Because you know it, you become the judge of it. If you didn't know it, then you couldn't apply the scripture. But because you know it, then you're the judge. You're, you're the one tonight who's going to make judgment. You're going to bring sentence. Uh, that word knoweth there means perceive it. It means understand it. And it means to discover it. So he, what he's saying tonight, he says, to him to knoweth to do good. I know it, I discovered it, and I understand it to do good. And then the Bible says, not only the judge, but I noticed tonight uh, the very knowledge, the knowledge. He said, to do good. I have, I'm the judge because I know to do good. I know it. Nobody has to tell me to do good. I know to do good. But here I know, and to doing good means to do right. To know to do right. Uh, that word good there means to be obedient. To know to do, to be obedient. To know to obey. But it also means to know to be helpful. To be an aid or to an assistance. And so tonight we come to a place in the scripture, another difficulty. That us that are judges because we know to do right and to be obedient and to be helpful. And the Bible says, to him that doeth it not, to him it is sin. It is sin. So the reason why it's personal, because it, it comes to our personal walk. If I'm here tonight, I'm just going to give this, give this occasion. I'm here tonight, and uh, I use Sister Loretta. Sister Red, Sister Red is here, and I'm not talking about your shoes, okay, but I'm going to talk about your shoes. I, I look at her shoes, and, and man, they're all raggedy out, and they look kind of rough, you know, they're thinking, and they're not, but they, if I do, okay. So uh, they, they, look, they look like, man, we need to do something about that thing, and so the shoes are really bothering me, right? And God lays in my heart, I said, I need to buy her a pair of shoes. And so uh, on Sunday I come and, and I deliver her some shoes and uh, she says, thank you for my shoes. Why would you want to do something like that? I say, well, because uh, God just asked me to do that and I needed to be obedient. I, I knew to do that. I knew to be obedient. I knew to be helpful, right? I, I knew, why would she, her, her shoes are all messed up. And why, why wouldn't she buy new shoes? Maybe she don't have the money. Uh, maybe, maybe that uh, somebody told her she couldn't. You know, it doesn't matter why, but God said to buy her some shoes, and so I bought her some shoes, so I know to do that. Right. Now, if I'd left out of here, and I'd have said, you know what, you told me to buy her some shoes, but I didn't buy her some shoes, I'm not going to do that, to know to do good, right? And not to do it, to him it is sin. Now, for her shoes and me to, not to buy them, it wouldn't be sin for you, says Sophia. No. It'd be sin for me. Uh-huh. It wouldn't be sin for anybody else. Y'all might see the shoes, and you might say to yourself, well, them shoes are kind of beat up. But God didn't deal with you on that. God dealt with me on that. Right. So it's not something that she has a, a pair of shoes that need to be changed out or be replaced. Not, not the whole congregation who saw those shoes are responsible for that. 
But it's those who know to do good. And to him to not to do it is sin tonight. And so, friend, we find tonight it becomes a personal matter. A personal matter. To know to do good and not to do it, to him it is sin. Uh, we find, for example, uh, in 1 John chapter 5, turn there with me tonight, or chapter 3, 1 John chapter 3, and look in verse 7. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 7. Verse 17 says, But whoso hath this world's good, and seeth his brother have need, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? You see? To know to do good. What would have been good there? Well, I see, my, I see that I, my brother has a need. But I shut my bowels up to him. I didn't meet that need. I didn't give him what he needed. I didn't do anything for him. Well, to know to do good and not to do it to him is a sin. So now you sinned against God. We find another example. Turn to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10 and look in verse 30. The Bible says, And Jesus answering said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho, fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment, and wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. By chance there came a certain priest that way, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Do you think that he, he sinned right there? Well, sure enough, he did. He knew, he knew what to do, but he didn't do it. He just passed on the other side. And then we find uh, there in that verse 32, And likewise a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by him on the other side. Well, tonight, would that be sin? Sure it be sin. Then we find... Uh, verse 33, But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him, went to him, and bound up his wounds, pouring oil and wine, and set him on his, on his own beast, and brought him to an inn, and took care of him. Well, you know, that's exactly what should have happened. Amen? And we find in the Scripture that to know to, to, know to do good, to know to be obedient, to know uh, to, to do right, and to know to be helpful, and don't do it, to him it is sin. You know, tonight after just teaching three of these tonight, I, I, I get guilty about these things. Are you? I mean, tonight help us, Lord. You know, we, we, we kind of come to a place where we say, Lord, I don't want to live in sin. I don't want to be in sin. I, I want to be clean with God. I want to be pure with God. I want you to be able to use me, God. I want you to be able to speak to me. I want to be able to do as you want me to do. And tonight God's just kind of like, Oh, yeah, no, you're not robbing banks. You're not looking at pornography. You're not cheating on your wives. You're, you're not out there uh, smoking it up and drinking it up and, and partying it up. You ain't doing any of those things, but you know you know to do good and you're not doing it. You, you, know, you know how to treat your husband and you're not doing it. You know how to treat your wife. You know how to, you know how to come to church. You, you know what to do. We're not ignorant people. We're not, we're not sleepwalking. Uh, we're very intelligent people. We, we, all of us in this room right here uh, have abilities and skills tonight. We know. Amen. And somehow, some way, we feel like maybe God will excuse us or, or God will understand us or God will overlook us. That's a no. What is sin? And high look, a proud heart, and the plowing of the wicked is sin. Where is that found? Proverbs 21, 4. We need to memorize this. We find, what's the next? That the thought of foolishness is sin. Where is that found? Proverbs 24, right? Verse 9. The Bible says in James, we find tonight, James chapter 4, verse 17. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. We need to memorize these scriptures. Not only do we have to memorize these scriptures, but we need to make these scriptures a part of our lives. How do you think we can go tell sinners who's looking to be saved that this is sin and we're guilty of the very same things we're telling them that are sin? We need help. 
We wonder why our world's in the place it is. We wonder why our marriages are in such shambles. We wonder why our relationships are so shallow. We wonder. These are why. Things like this, it's called sin. Sin. I got two more tonight, but I'm not going to be able to finish, and so we'll do that next week. But uh, you have the papers there if you'd like to look at it. But amen. I, 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 I am very thankful tonight for what the Lord has shown me in the Scriptures. Because I'm guilty tonight, and I'll be honest with you, I'm guilty with all three. All three. And I'd pray tonight that you and I would understand how to lead somebody to Christ uh, by letting them know about sin. About sin. Because how many times do you talk to somebody tonight and, and they know they know that the thought of foolishness is a sin. Do they know that? They don't. Or to not to do something good to him it is sin. They don't know that either. Now they probably figure out that a high look and a proud heart, that sounds sinful. The plowing of the wicked, they don't even know what that means. But we don't understand what it means. It means pride. So tonight we ask the Lord, help us. Help me. I want to be a vessel that's clean and a vessel that's fit and a, class, and a vessel that can be used by God, but not with sin. So, boy, I tell you, the responsibility comes upon me again tonight. Let's stand to our feet, our heads will be bowed, our hearts tonight. We're looking toward the Lord if we need to come to the altar tonight and, and just do business with God. Maybe, maybe tonight we could take a few moments to do that. And the Bible says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, that God cannot hear me. Might be just a good time tonight to just get things cleared up. Just confess tonight, maybe this, just these three things we spoke of. Get that cleared up with God. God, forgive me, Lord. Forgive me of thinking I'm better than anybody else. And thank, forgive me, Lord, of looking down on anybody. Forgive me, Lord, of being proudful tonight. Forgive me, Lord, of the thought of foolishness, me of the things that run through my mind. I, I just don't tell you I'm sorry. Lord, I know to do good and not to do it to him. It is sin. Help me, Lord. I would think that each one tonight in this room is crying out to God. God, forgive me. Lord, I pray that that's the case. So I'm going to pray tonight, pray for us, pray for me, pray for you, and then we'll pray. Uh, Father, I come to you. Yeah.
Struggling seamen, you may rescue you. 